Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of my first nights in my new house, I thought I heard a door opening while I was reading in bed. So I very loudly got up, turned on the main light, smacked the wall a few times to make sure I was heard grabbed my handy-dandy beaten stick, which I have literally never used, and headed out into the living room. Kitty was staring at the front door, and I discovered it was unlocked, which is not normal. When I looked out the peephole, I saw two dudes staring at the house. I stuck my head into the window near the door and waved at them. They immediately got into their separate cars and drove off. I was a lone female living with my cat. Friends stayed over the next few nights, and we added some more locks. 
I came home and there was a tube of chapstick sitting upright on the kitchen counter. I don't use chapstick, I never buy it. I hadn't had anyone over in weeks. Everything was locked. It just seemed like it must have come from nowhere. Then later I got a phone call. I used to answer the phone by saying, this is my first name. When I did, the person on the other end said my last name and then hung up. The phone call came from the area code that I was living in despite me having an area code from another part of the country. I called the number back, but they would just answer and hang up. I waited a few days and called the number again, but this time from a payphone in another city. They picked up and said my first name. I said, yeah, and they hung up again. How did they know it was me calling when it was from a payphone in another city? I paid for one of those who's calling these services to find out who the number belonged to. It was just some guy. When I googled his name, the only result I got was a blank web page where if you scrolled to the bottom, it had his name and phone number. I couldn't find any address or background information for this person. Afterwards, my phone would go into roaming whenever I tried to make a phone call. This all freaked me out. I got the feeling like I was being watched or followed. I decided to move to a new apartment. On the day I was packing my things in, the moving truck, a helicopter showed up and hovered over my home for a few minutes. It wasn't high up either, it was really low, directly over my house. I would occasionally call the number from different payphones, but nobody ever answered. When I was around 13 years old, 21F now, I was home alone at night while my mom was at a friend's house about 20 minutes away. It wasn't unusual for me to be alone, considering my mom was a freshly single parent who needed to provide for her and myself. This didn't bother me because I was so used to it and was able to take care of myself. At the time, we lived in a very small townhouse that was across the parking lot from a set of apartments. This area was relatively low on crime, but sometimes odd individuals would make their appearance in the parking lot because those apartments were considered to be low-income housing. Up until this point, we never had any issues with anyone trying to bother us. Our front door was all glass and had a frosting over all of it, besides a small sliver on the very bottom and top of it. It was around 8 p.m. after I was done with homework, and I decided to watch Netflix while sitting on the couch in our living room. The couch was in view of our front door. You could really see into our entire downstairs from the front door. Seems like a bad design for it to be glass. I was probably watching TV for a good 15 minutes when I got that classic. I feel like someone is watching me feeling, which led to me looking over at the front door out of reflex, and boy was my instinct correct. When I looked over at the front door, my eyes slid upwards towards the unfrosted top portion of the door, and I see a grown bald man probably in his forties staring directly at me. My heart started beating out of my chest and I was scared shitless, considering I am a thirteen-year-old girl home alone. Once the man saw me look up at him, he instantly took off. I ended up calling my mom immediately, and she left her friend's house the second I told her what had just happened. After my mom got home, I told her what happened again and gave her a description of what the man looked like. My mom is also a very non-frightening petite woman, keep that in mind. She figured the creep was still around and possibly in the parking lot. Against my begging, she went out and found the guy in the parking lot and asked him why he was staring at me through our front door. 
The man ended up telling her that a car outside of our townhouse had its trunk open and that he closed it and was going to knock to let the owner know. This was a lie, considering the man made no attempt to knock on the door and the fact that I would have heard my neighbor's car's trunk close due to it being in very close proximity to our door. My mom realized the guy was probably making that story up, considering how he was staring directly into our house like it was an aquarium. She ended up threatening him, saying that she owns a gun and isn't afraid to use it on him if she ever catches him staring into our house again. The man ended up just saying, okay, and that was the end of that. We never saw the man again, which makes the incident even creepier. Living in that area, we easily notice when new people move in and who hangs around the place, and we have never seen that man besides that evening, which probably meant he was being a freak in an area he didn't belong in. This is a true story that happened to my best friend, his older brother, and I. This was years ago when I was probably around 11 or 12. My best friend lived next door to me, and I would usually stay at his house every weekend. Both of his parents worked at night, so we were usually home alone, but tonight his older brother was there with us. He was only a few years older than us, so he must have been maybe 15 at this time. It started to get late, and their mom was getting ready to leave for work. When she finally left, the older brother was watching out the window while she drove down the cove. He started freaking out and screaming that there was a girl in a dress chasing their mom's car. He saw his mom go down the cover and turn onto the main road, so she must have never saw the girl. Luckily, her job had given her a cell phone for work. This was before everyone had them. We called their mom and told her what happened, but she didn't believe us and said she didn't see anything. We thought it was weird, so we decided to get on our bikes and drive around the cove to see if we could find this girl. We never saw anything, and eventually we all meet up at the very end of the cove right next to the main road. We sat there on our bikes talking for a while. There was an old wood panel station wagon that drove by a few times which we thought was weird, but we weren't too worried about it. Eventually the station wagon came to the end of the cove and stopped right in front of us. This scared us enough to immediately start pedaling back to the house in the ball of the cove as fast as we could. That station wagon chased us all the way down. I don't think any of us have ever rode a bike that fast before. We all made it to the house and crawled under the car sitting in their driveway. We watched the station wagon drive up and down our cove a few times. When it was facing the other direction we ran inside the house and turned all the lights off so we could watch out the windows without being seen. The station wagon drove by a few more times before leaving and not coming back. We called my friend's mom again to tell her what happened, and she didn't believe us and got mad for calling her work phone. Now years later, my friend's brother claims he saw on TV that a girl had been kidnapped that night and somehow managed to get away. Maybe we saw that girl trying to get help. If that is the case, I guess someone in my neighborhood was kidnapping people. I recently moved into a new house with my husband and 105 pounds Rottweiler called Lucy in a less than desirable suburb in Townsville, Australia. My husband worked nights at a petrol station, leaving me alone with Lucy, so I played a lot of video games to feel less alone while we spoke on the phone. The console is set up on the TV in the living room, 
So I rug up on the lounge while Lucy sleeps beside me. While playing Fallout, I heard scratching noises coming from outside, but every time I paused the game, the sound stopped. Lucy had recently gone in for surgery and was still recovering from being under, so she wasn't as responsive as normal. I continued hearing noises, so this time looked out the window. I couldn't see anyone below me or beside me. I did this a few more times as they continued. I dismissed the noises as the wind blowing our trees against the house which could have been normal. I didn't know at this point of time. Northern Queensland is a particularly windy place and we're surrounded by trees. I went to bed with Lucy at the foot of the bed, sleeping with me, leaving the door ajar so she can fetch water as she pleased. Then some time later, I awoke to the sound of footsteps creaking on the wooden floors outside the bedroom door. I figured my husband had gotten home, but Lucy's ears pricked up. Within seconds, she had charged out of the room and growled. Holy S, I thought to myself. That's when I knew it wasn't my husband. My heart was racing, and all I wanted to do was hide under the blankets, but I couldn't for Lucy's sake. I went into our bathroom and grabbed the scissors from the counter, then turned on the lights as I left the room and followed Lucy's growls. In the living room, I saw a man over in the corner of the room. Lucy had latched onto his leg and wouldn't let him go. The man saw me approach and was startled, but it was clear he was now trying to get away. Lucy was getting kicked and punched, and I couldn't bear it. She had just gotten out of surgery, and she hadn't healed yet. The man headed towards my heart sank. He punched me in the face, and I fell to the ground. Lucy kept on the offense, but this sick bastard kept attacking our baby girl, so I begged him to take what he wanted and to please leave Lucy alone. On the floor, hurt and dazed, my instinct was to protect my baby, and I tried to cover her and absorb the kicks that Lucy would otherwise get. I tried to pull Lucy off, and I think the man finally escaped, but not before grabbing my purse and whatever else he could grab. Eventually, I grabbed my phone and called the police. I don't remember the exact details from here, but I remember crying hysterically on the phone and begging for the police to come. I managed to call my husband too, and he rushed home immediately, arriving just after the police had gotten to our home. Thankfully, Lucy was mostly okay having needed her stitches redone, but our unborn baby never got the chance to arrive into this world. Police searched the house and found what caused those scratching noises. Inside of our house in the dining room, which is next to the living room and joined by an archway, were deep scratches made by a knife. He was inside the house the entire time. It turns out, our back door didn't latch shut propellery, so when the strong wind forced the door open, we've now got a deadbolt on it should anyone try to get inside again. At the time, I was around eight years old, alone in my house. My dad had gone to pick up my mom from work, so they wouldn't be too long. Someone came to the door and knocked on the windows in the upper third of the door. I opened the door, and the guy standing there had to be about six foot six to six foot eight. He said he was from some company and wanted to talk to my parents. I can't recall the name, but it had Global or Glow Ball in it. As soon as I opened the door, he started to look around behind me. Even at eight years old, I noticed that his behavior was extremely weird. Two things stood out to me immediately. First, he was massive, not only at least six foot six, but also built like one of those strong men. 
Second, his behavior was suspicious. He never looked at me while talking, always scanning the horizon. They were looking around the house, and there were actually two of them, a smaller one who didn't even look like he had the right uniform on, and the taller one who knocked on the door. I told the guy that my parents weren't home. This was a bad idea because he gave me a smirk, a smirk I can't forget to this day. I told him to come back when my parents got there, but strangely he said he would wait for them with me. I tried to close the door, but being eight, I couldn't overpower this massive guy. Fortunately, the phone began ringing, and I walked over to it, pretending it was the police. I don't even remember who it was. It might have been an automated voice call or message. I said to the guy, Oh, the police must be calling me back. At the time, I was an extremely dumb eight-year-old, but looking back, this seemed to impress me. Fortunately, it was enough to make him and his buddy leave. I locked the door behind them, realizing that I had narrowly escaped having things stolen from the house. When my parents came home, I told them everything. They questioned me about the description of the men and who they said they represented, and I provided all the information I could. They never came back to the house, and neither of my parents had heard of the company. I was extra fortunate because upon his departure and my locking of the door, I realized he had actually smashed one of the windows in the door frame. They were blurred or smudged out for privacy reasons, so you couldn't properly see through the other side. Somehow, this man knocked so hard that he cracked the window. I don't know whether he did that intentionally to break in and see through, or if he was genuinely that big and strong, accidentally causing the crack. This guy could have torn me in half if he had the thought, and there was nothing I could have done to stop him. I think that call and what I said were quick thinking, possibly saving my life or preventing my parents from losing valuable possessions that those people were likely looking to steal. Ever had one of those days where every creaking floorboard, every rustling leaf sounds like a damned nightmare? Well, that was me, Dan Roberts, 23-year-old college student, living it up on a weekend alone in my childhood home. With the rents away on a much-needed vacation, I was looking forward to binging some of my favorite shows and eating my weight in chips. But hell, did things take a turn. Friday evening, the sun was setting, and the house fell into the shadows. It was then when I first heard it. A soft thud, like a football bouncing on the grass, faint but noticeable. I frowned, hit pause on the remote, and listened. The sound came again closer, like it had hit the back porch. The hair on the back of my neck bristled. I shook my head, chiding myself. Pull yourself together, Danny boy. I went to the kitchen, deciding to make myself a coffee. God knows I needed caffeine to combat the paranoia. I tried to chalk up the noise to some neighborhood kids playing around. But then I saw at the back porch bathed in the harsh glow of the motion sensor lights. My heart pounded in my chest as I moved closer to the window. Scanning the yard, I found no signs of life. Then I spotted something out of place, something that sent a cold shiver down my spine. It was a football, my old football, lying abandoned near the back steps. Who the hell was in my backyard? I gripped the phone, ready to dial 911, when I saw a shadow dart across the yard. Before I could process it, the door handle jiggled. I jumped back as if bitten, fear surging through me. I watched, paralyzed, as it jiggled again, more insistently this time. Whoever it was, they were trying to get in. 
Screw this, I muttered, adrenaline pumping. Dialing 911, I retreated to the living room, praying for the operator to pick up. But as I was put on hold, the house fell ominously silent. No more jiggling door handle, no more thuds. Then the power went out. Plunged into darkness, I groped for a flashlight, cursing my rotten luck. The operator finally answered, but the relief was short-lived as I realized I had lost the signal. No power, no Wi-Fi, no landline, and a spotty cell signal at best. Great. As I found the flashlight and flicked it on, a sense of dread washed over me. I was trapped in my own home, hunted by an intruder in the pitch black. Every second, the terror seeped deeper into my bones. I knew I had to act fast. I locked every door, barricaded the entrance, even armed myself with a baseball bat, my heart pounding like a jackhammer. I was ready for a fight, but I didn't know what I was up against, not yet. The real horror was just beginning. Little did I know it was going to be the longest, most terrifying night of my life. My breaths came shallow and fast, the silence of the house heavy around me. There was a lurking presence, a sickening feeling that I wasn't alone anymore. Straining my ears, I listened for the telltale signs of an intruder, the soft crunch of boots on carpet, a hitched breath, anything. Suddenly, a thump echoed from upstairs. My heart nearly leapt out of my chest as I pointed the flashlight towards the ceiling. The quiet shuffling noises confirmed my worst fears. The intruder was inside. Get it together, Dan, I whispered, swallowing the lump in my throat. My every instinct screamed to bolt, to get the hell out of there, but I was cornered. I had no other choice but to confront this faceless menace. I took each step carefully, praying the old wooden stairs wouldn't betray me with a squeak. As I neared the landing, a door creaked open followed by a soft giggle. It was childlike innocent, but in the thick, tense air, it sounded downright menacing. Goosebumps erupted on my skin as I recognized the room it was my old bedroom. The door was ajar, and I could see my old childhood belongings scattered around, the once comforting familiarity now turned alien and hostile. I pushed the door fully open, and my blood ran cold. Drawings were pinned haphazardly to the walls, but not my drawings. Crudely sketched figures with eerie smiles stared back at me. I staggered back, the shock twisting my gut. The intruder had been in my house, maybe for hours, rummaging through my things. Suddenly, the giggle sounded again, closer this time. I whipped around, my heart hammering in my chest. The corridor was empty, but I could feel it. A cold, predatory gaze fixated on me, studying me. I retreated downstairs, trying to shake off the paralyzing fear. The intruder was playing a sick game, toying with me, feeding off my terror. I found myself back in the living room, the only place where I felt remotely safe. I sat down on the couch, clutching the baseball bat tightly, the cold metal somewhat comforting. A soft tapping at the front door interrupted my thoughts. I froze, barely daring to breathe. The tapping grew louder, more insistent, morphing into a harsh, relentless pounding that echoed through the silent house. I clung to the baseball bat, my lifeline, and waited. The fear gripped me, and I knew I was falling deeper into the intruder's sinister trap. I had no way out, no way to communicate with the outside world. I was at the mercy of a faceless tormentor who seemed to take pleasure in my growing horror. The night was stretching out endlessly, the darkness closing in around me. The pounding on the door echoed in my ears, 
my heart hammering in sync with the relentless sound. I was no longer alone. My tormentor was closing in, his actions growing more sinister by the second. I was in deep, way too deep. Suddenly, the pounding ceased, replaced by a silence so loud it was deafening. I strained to hear anything, the rustling of clothes, the soft pad of footsteps, but there was nothing. It was like the whole world was holding its breath, waiting for the next horrific event. A sharp squeal cut through the silence, the unmistakable sound of a window sliding open. My blood ran cold. The intruder was making his move. Clutching the baseball bat, I slipped off the couch, trying to make as little noise as possible. The squealing stopped abruptly, followed by the soft thud of boots on the wooden floor. He was inside, finally revealing himself. I crept towards the sound, my mind racing. It was now or never. I had to confront him, fight him off, do whatever it took to survive this nightmare. I reached the entryway and saw him a large, hulking figure standing in the shadows, his features obscured. He was bigger than I'd imagined, imposing and threatening. His laugh echoed through the room, a deep, grating sound that sent shivers down my spine. He moved closer, the moonlight revealing a twisted smile on his face. My stomach churned, the fear threatening to consume me. He lunged at me, and I swung the bat with all my might. The bat connected with a sickening thud. The intruder staggered, a low groan escaping his lips. I hit him again, knocking him off balance. I could see the shock on his face, the surprise at my retaliation. I didn't give him a chance to recover. I ran, my only thought to escape this hellhole. I burst through the front door, the cool night air filling my lungs. I didn't dare look back, praying that the intruder was still incapacitated. I ran until my legs gave out, collapsing onto a neighbor's front yard. Gasping for breath, I banged on their door, relief washing over me as lights flickered on inside. The police arrived within minutes, their blue lights casting eerie shadows around my house. They found the intruder unconscious, my old football still lying forgotten in the yard. It was over, the longest night of my life finally coming to an end. But as I watched them load the intruder into the back of the police car, I felt a chill run down my spine. The officer turned to me, his face pale. Son, he said, his voice trembling, we found more drawings upstairs the same creepy figures on the wall, but they weren't there when you left the house, they appeared after. I felt the blood drain from my face. The intruder had been incapacitated, and I'd been with the police. Who then had been in my house? I thought the nightmare was over, but the horrifying realization hit me like a punch to the gut my ordeal was far from over. I was still trapped in this living nightmare. The fear, the terror, the uncertainty, it was all just beginning and this time I had no idea what I was up against. So this is kinda different from most posts on here, and to preface, I am the kind of person who will take spiders, or whatever outside if they are in my house instead of smashing them. But one time I was home alone, and was taking some trash from my room to throw away downstairs. It was probably like 11 p.m., and as soon as I chucked the trash in the can in the kitchen, a giant flying roach popped out from behind my can and was high-tailing it towards me on foot. I literally raise giant silk moths and butterflies that are native to my area, and usually have huge caterpillars, some that are even venomous, like 10 feet from my bed in enclosures, have a foot-long bearded dragon lizard, and comfortable holding snakes, 
have removed and relocated tarantulas from people's property, etc. So I'm not scared of creepy crawlies. But those giant roaches? Nope. They are legit the size of a mouse sometimes and can fly, so the battle was on. Usually my cats will take care of any unwanted visitors, but that night was just me and the biggest shoe I could grab in close proximity. I essentially gave it the good old La Chancla beating while screaming and my neighbors probably thought I was getting murdered. It was twitching when I swept it up to chuck outside and I almost barfed. One time my boyfriend found one in a box of dryer sheets, so he chucked it into the toilet and flushed at the roach. And when he went to pee later, the MF crawled up the drain and was trying to crawl out of the toilet bowl. 1010 rather have a ghost in my house than those gigantic roaches. I don't generally believe in ghosts, but here's a weird one from high school. Not my home, obviously, but I was alone in the bathroom when this happened. My school bathrooms had really loud, heavy doors. The door to the bathroom and the stall doors were so creaky, there was no way you wouldn't hear someone coming in or leaving. One day my friend group was on the benches near the washroom, so at some point during lunch I go to use it. I was in one of three stalls, probably browsing my phone or pooping when I hear someone come in crying and shut herself in the stall furthest from me. I was one end of the wall, she was the other, so I couldn't see her feet from my stall. I asked if she was okay, but didn't get a response, she just kept crying. I finished my toilet business and left my stall to go knock on her stall door and see if she was okay. The bathroom was empty. The stall doors were all open and I didn't hear anyone leave either the stall or the bathroom exit. I even walked into the stall I thought she was in and checked. Honestly, when this happened, I thought I just wasn't paying attention and didn't hear the girl leave. But then about a week or two later, it happened again in the same bathroom. My friends knew I didn't believe in ghosts, but when I told them they could all tell I wasn't joking. So this happened about four years ago. My dad works nights, so I'm home alone until about 2.30 a.m. most days. We live in a pretty quiet area where people usually keep to themselves. One night at about one in the morning, there was a knock at the door, and when I checked our peephole, there was a young woman with a car parked near the curb in front of my house. I answered, and she looked really young, maybe 15 or 16, or just looked very youthful. In short, she looked just barely old enough to be driving. She told me that she was having car trouble and asked if I could come check it out and possibly give her car a jump. At this time I didn't drive, have a car of my own, or knew very much about cars so I was of little help, but offered to call someone if she needed AA or a tow service. She declined but kept insisting that I check out the lights on her dashboard to see if it was normal. At this point I just didn't want to be outside with a stranger, so I politely informed her I'd be of little help because I had zero knowledge of cars. I went back inside but kept looking through the peephole. She opened the back door, got into the back seat, and the car drove off. It instantly made my stomach drop and had me extremely freaked out. I was kinda distraught thinking about what the real reason was to approach my house, who was driving, just the entire thing left me confused and frightened. I spent the next few days a little on edge because I was afraid they may return knowing that someone is there or that I was alone. 
I also think of that girl and who she was. I wish I had a video doorbell at the time so I could find out if she was a victim of some sort. I don't know. It still bothers me a lot and is eerie as hell. I am a scientist so don't believe in ghosts and paranormal. Pretty skeptical of unexplained things. But one time I saw a UFO, not meaning aliens, just couldn't explain the technology. This was in the mid-1970s. My brother came running and saying he saw a UFO. I go out and look in the clear night sky, and he said he saw airplane lights, but it did a zigzag through the sky. As I was looking up I saw what looked like plane lights I would guess this is maybe a 1000 feet up, but just a guess, but meaning it is low enough to see all the blinking lights on the craft easily then it took a right turn. By right turn I mean this craft made a perfect, crisp, right angle turn. Not an arcing turn, right angle. Again being a skeptic of aliens visiting us, I am guessing some sort of military tech that was not known to the public. When I was younger, maybe around 11 and 23, I lived with my mother and sister in a three-bedroom house. My parents had recently divorced. One night, I heard a muffled, foreign-sounding voice booming from the hallway. It sounded like it was giving a speech. I froze, scared to death, and went back to sleep. In the morning at the breakfast table, I told my mom what had happened. She froze and said, You heard him too? Apparently, two weeks prior she was vacuuming and heard a voice speaking in a foreign voice coming from upstairs. Stressed from the divorce, she chalked it up to stress and ignored it and continued to vacuum. Shortly after, one night, my sister flew down the stairs screaming and crying. I found out the next morning that the voice woke her up and was coming from the corner of her room. She assumed it was her computer, but her computer was shut off. Neither my mother nor I had told my sister what we had heard, so this turned out to be the third isolated instance. To this day, we have absolutely no idea who or where the voice was coming from. Not home by myself, but my aunt was staying with my parents and she was dead asleep. It was around three in the morning and my parents were out for the night. The alarm went off not like the alarm you use opening the main door, but the alarm that goes off if a window or door that's not supposed to be open when alarm is on. It's blaring and I run down to take off alarm and investigate scared out of my mind. Check all windows doors all good until I get into parents empty room. The sliding door was wide open. I yell hello nothing so I close the room up and check nothing. I phoned my parents, and they said they might have left the door open didn't remember. Either way, if it was open, it would have no let me set the alarm. To this day, I'm still confused. I was taking a shower, and the master bedroom door at the end of the hall had been closed maybe half an inch. Get out into the hallway, and the door is wide open. Drafts or air pressure changes won't budge this door. I whipped open and shut every possible door to test it. A door to a laundry chute was moving every time from the change in pressure, but the bedroom door stayed unmoving. I know I know that door was shut because I was leaving a small surprise in there and made sure the door was where it was by measuring the width. It was open with my finger when shutting it. Another time I was just laying back in bed on my phone in the dark 
and a finger creeped over the top of the screen, and I just dropped my phone on my bed and rolled over, but I had to be just dozing for that one.